0: Well, we're in the series um, called Aotearoa, looking back to move forward. And what the series is is about is, is, is lessons from the past that we can apply to today, that we can learn from the past, so we can choose the very best for our future. And I really want to talk about being a pioneer New Zealand's known as a pioneer, that we're pioneers, right? We're pi- we have the pioneering spirit, the number eight wire, because we were so far away from everyone else, we had to figure things out ourselves. Amazing what we can do with the number eight wire, we have this, num- this, this, um, this pioneering spirit. And when you look up what pioneer means in the, in the dictionary, a pioneer is someone, is a person who's, who has done something that no one else has done. That's what a pioneer is is someone who's done something that no one else has done. And I was thinking about things that I've pioneered in my life, but I really was thinking about a time when I pioneered something within my family. Other people have done it, but within my family, no one has ever done that. And do you know what it was? It was to drive. It was driving a car. And when I grew up, in my family, my family, we never owned a car, right? And I was raised by my mum and my grandmother, so we just... You know, it was the YY Express. We'd go walk wherever we go, and that's what we did. And shopping, walking, going to Food Town, walking back for your shopping from Foodtown all the way home. Um, walk through the snow and the rain and, and then, you know, and put our foot in cow patties to keep it warm. You know, it was tough living in Auckland during the winter. Uh, so, anyway, um, and so um, when, when, I, when I graduated high school and, and my first year out of high school, I bought our first family car. Right, and back in those days, it was you only had manuals, automatics were like very strange to get an automatic, so you all had manuals. My very first car was a Nissan Datsun, a Nissan Datsun Bluebird. Right, it's when Nissan was taking over Datsun, and my, 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 my license plate was uh KS 2323. I still remember my very first license plate because I said KS King Savior 2323, Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan. That's how I remember King Savior, Michael Jordan. Don't judge me, that's how I remember my license plate. And um, as, a, as, a, as a young man. But let me tell you something. Um, there was only one issue with me having this manual car in my house. No one in my family knew how to drive. So I had to teach myself how to drive. And so I would, my backyard was 10 meters, so I would put it in reverse, bunny hop in reverse, put it into first gear, bunny hop, just keep doing that over and over again. You know, it was tough, it was hard. Uh, you know, I, but I was thinking, there was a point where I thought I'll never get this. I wanted to give up. You know, even if you learn how to drive when you've got someone teaching you, sometimes you feel like, I'm never going to get this until you figure it out, and you, and you do it. And so I, and I, and I finally got there, and finally I got my restricted license, passed my test. I drove there. Back in those days, the police will take you on the test. And so <laughs> i got a bit of an issue here because there's no one else in my family to take me. So I just drive to the police station, and I said, I'm here for my restricted license. And they said, okay, no questions asked. Go on my test, and I passed. But here's the thing, when you begin to do something no one else has done, in my case within my family, this is what happened. After I started driving, my younger brother started driving, then my mum started driving. Yet when you open up a door, others begin to follow you. When we begin to pioneer something, you begin to open a door where no one else has ever done it before, be it in your family or whatever it is, and then you open the door for others to find you, follow you. Sometimes we don't want to start something new, or we don't want to do something that we've never done before because it's uncomfortable. Because the last time you did it, you failed. And you thought, I'm never going to do that again. Or maybe you've been hurt so much, you've been knocked down so many times that you just don't want to get up again. And we kind of lost that pioneer spirit. And I was thinking back about pioneers within this country. My mind goes to the, goes to the missionaries that came here from overseas back in the 1800s. And, I've, and today I want to talk about a man by the name of Robert Mornzel. Robert Mournzel. Good looking man, Robert Mornzel. Don't you think? And so, Robert Monson, he was born in Ireland in 1810. And um, in, his, in his early 20s, he had this amazing um, career ahead of him within law. He was, he was from a well-off family. He was doing really, really well. He had this amazing career ahead of him. Okay, until he encounters God. He encounters God so deeply that it moves him and he gets this calling that, that God was calling him to, the, to, a, to a country so far away from his own, right? Right? And at the age of 25, with his young wife, who was only 21, her name is Susan, they head off to New Zealand, leaving behind their family, leaving behind all their friends. Imagine if that was you, leaving behind everyone you love, never to see them again, because when he left, he wasn't coming back. Leaving behind him comforts and wealth at home to come to New Zealand, come to a new land that he's never known. He was a brilliant linguist, and he soon became fluent in te reo Māori. He begins a school, and he had over 700 natives enrolled in his school. In fact, he was a, he was a powerful preacher, very witty, and he preached powerfully in both English and in Māori. In fact, for a Sunday morning service, he had well over 300 Māori in attendance for a service. He was incredible. He, he, um, he, he was an incredible preacher, an incredible man. Passion. He came all this way to Aotearoa because God had put something on his heart. A true, a true pioneer. In fact, when he came here, he came here in, uh, around 1835 and, and the New Testament had already been translated into Te Reo Maori by William Williams. William Williams, who was the brother of Henry Williams. Henry Williams will go on to translate the Treaty of Waitangi. And so... So they've had, a, had the New Testament in their own language. So it was a dream of his to, for Maori to be able to read the whole Bible in their own, in their own language. So in 1836, he begins the, 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 the translation to translate the book of um, Hebrew into te reo Maori and and, to, and so he had his, his Hebrew manuscripts together and he and he worked tirelessly to 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 have like the Hebrew and then translate it into and, and phrases and, and forms and and within um, te reo Maori and learning this language and it was t- it was it was, a, it was a tough effort. He lived in a mud house, right? Far from this luxury in 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 the UK he's in a mud house and he just had a hole in the window um, just was there was no window, it was just a hole in the wall. And so he would sit there with his desk and put it up against the window and begin to, to translate this, this piece of work. And when it rained, you know, he would put a bag full of clothes and plug up the hole. And go, oh, that, that's, the, that's my day of work. He went, it went day after day after day after day. He's translating this manuscript. And then tragedy will strike about, about seven years later. In fact, the, the year would be 1851. 1843. Sorry, get my right dates. And 1843, his house burns down. And he loses all of his work. Right? There's, there's no hard drives. There's no backup. Right? The only cloud... He, he had cloud because uh, his work went into smoke up into the cloud. That's the only cloud system he had. Right? He lost everything. He lost all his manuscripts. Everything. He was almost finished the translation. And who knows? We know the Old Testament is a lot thicker than the New Testament. Right? It's a big work that he did. And he loses everything. He was devastated. You'll be devastated too if you lost your life's work. He was heartbroken. Can you imagine how he felt? You know, tragedy seems to follow Robert Mulder throughout his life. He would lose his wife Susan to illness in 1851, and a year later he would marry again a woman by the name of Beatrice, only to lose her 12 years later because of childbirth. The school that he had built would be destroyed because of the war, the New Zealand wars that that encountered. He had setback after setback after setback. I don't know, maybe you've been there too. Maybe, maybe you're running here. God called you for something, but it just didn't go well. In fact, everyone seemed to be against you, so you just gave up. This isn't me. I'm, I'm going to walk away because it was tough. It was hard. Or maybe something happened. In your, maybe you're struggling in your marriage right now and you just don't know. You can't, just can't see a way through. Or maybe something's going on in your, in your life, in your workplace and you just want to give up. Have you been there before? And this is certainly where Robert Monson was and, and the Apostle Paul begins to to, to write and pen this letter because the Apostle Paul knows exactly how you feel and the Apostle Paul knows exactly how Robert Mordell feels and begins to pen this. And, and if you got to Bibles turn with, with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. We're going to look at verse 8. And he writes this. Though we experience every kind of pressure, we're not crushed. Though we feel every kind of press, pressures in our marriage, Pressures in our edu- places of education, our workplace, within relationships. Pastor Paul says, as long as you're still breathing, there's still hope. Did you know life is, is 90% of what we think is happening and 10% of what's actually happening? Because when we go through suffering and pain, all we see is the 10%. And that 10% becomes the 90%. But when we begin to see perspective and, and, and say, well, actually, I'm feeling pressure, but I'm still alive. I'm still breathing. And as long as you're still breathing, there is hope. The enemy wants to take your breath, wants to rob you of your breath, wants to isolate you. And this is where we get into depression and anxiety. The enemy comes in and wants to isolate you, move you somewhere else, and and, he, and, he wants to, and he's after your breath. The Apostle Paul says this, come on. Come on. You, you, though you these we experience Pressure, you are not crushed. There's breath in your lungs. And it goes on at times we don't know what to do. But quitting is not an option. I'm in, the, I'm in the, my relationship. I just don't know what to do. I don't know. We, if, we've all said these words. And I love the possible quitting's not an option. Because you know what? Because quitting is the easy option. It's easy to walk away from something than to fight through something. It's easier to walk away from a marriage than for, to fight for your marriage. It's easier to work, walk away from your studies than to, to fight for your studies. You know, um, my, my amazing wife, Poro, uh, when she entered her studies for the very first, 17 years after she left school, she's now in her, um, in her 30s, seven kids in her 30s, she enters in and, become, and she does a Bachelor of Music. So I, t- I drop her off. To, for a Bachelor of Music, and, and she, all the other students are the same age as our, as our children. Right? I felt like I was taking it to a youth group. I was going, are you going to youth group or are you going to studies? Right? And, and she gets, there's over 30 students there. All these, these, these students had learned to read music from high school. All she, she knew how to sing. That's all she did. She went and she studied hard. She studied hard. She studied hard. Because let me tell you something. Anything that is meaningful is hard. If it wasn't hard, it's not meaningful. Everything you have that's meaningful, it was heart fought. You fought hard for it. You want a meaningful relationship, you want a meaningful marriage? Fight for your marriage. You want, a, you want a meaningful career? Fight for your career. Because if it's not meaningful, then let's just walk away. And you know, in her second year, the numbers dropped in half. In her third year, her final year, I will walk in the lounge and she's lying on the floor, fast asleep, her books scattered around her, trying to understand and learn these things. You know what? She graduated. There was only eight students left. <laughs> there was only eight students. You know, we were so, I was so proud of Poro. She and this study was her, her degree was so meaningful because we knew how she fought for this. And it's easy just to give up. It's easy to say, "Well, everyone else has got or not me. Everyone else is ahead, not me. They're so far ahead. i might as well, Why even bother? Come on." There's times where we don't know what to do. But quitting is not an option. It's time to pick ourselves up in our distress and keep moving forward. Quitting is the easy option. Verse 9, we are persecuted by others, but God has not forsaken us. You know, whatever you're going through right now, God is with you. He's with you. You may feel all alone, but you're not alone. You might have tears in your eyes, but the Holy Spirit laments with you and groans with you. You are not forgotten. You are not alone. As you journey through the storm, you are not alone. We may be knocked down, but not out. Has anyone been knocked down this week? You know, failure... Is only permanent if we don't get back up again. We can either, if, you get, we, if we stay, we can't live in that place, but we've got to stand up in our suffering and keep moving forward. When poor Heard, her father had passed, you know it, it, uh, uh, you know, it was tough in our household. She mourned for a couple of days and then she picked herself up. Not that she forgot her suffering, but she, she, she carries it with her and she's moving forward because you can't stay there and just let it swallow you up. You've got to pick yourself up in your suffering and it's, it's in the walking, it's in the journey that you find strength and you make your way through, not forgetting it, but carrying it and picking yourself up and moving forward. She picked herself up for her children. She picked herself up for her husband. And this is what we've got to do. We are persecuted By others, but God has not forsaken us. We may be knocked down, but we are certainly not out. Come on, failure is a stepping stone for success. It's failing forward, it's learning from our mistakes and learning from things and picking myself and and, and learning from it and keep moving forward. Keep moving. Verse 10 We continually share in the death of Jesus in our own bodies so that the resurrection of life of Jesus. I love this, will be revealed through our humanity, through our humanity. You know what that means? That means there's someone sitting in this room that has an issue that you have the answer for. Did you know that? Did you know that you are the answer to someone's prayer? You know why? Because you've been there before. You've been where they are, and you got through. You pioneered your way through that struggle, and you made your way through it. And this is why we have connect groups and we encourage people to be part of connect groups. Because when you're part of a connect group, you, 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 you journey with a bunch of people and, and, and they're going through issues. You study the Bible, you pray together, but you begin to share your issues and you discover these people in your connect group who have been where you've been. And you thought it was final. You thought there was, n- there was no way through, but they've been through it before and they begin to encourage you and strengthen you. This is why we need each other. We're better together. We need one another. But you may be thinking, I don't need a connect group. I'm all good. I'm all good in the hood. I'm fine. I'm fine, like I've been through my struggles, I'm fine. But I wonder, you know, what if there's someone who needs you? There's someone who needs you because you've been where they've been. They're trying to find the door through and they can't find it. But when you, so that when you, begin, to, when, when you begin to share and help people, you open the door for others to follow. So your gift, your gift is to lead someone through something that you've been through. That's your gift. You are the answer to someone's prayer. Your gift is to lead someone uh, who, has been, who is where you used to be. It's time to open the doors and allow others to follow you. So what does this mean for us? It means quitting is not the answer. See, the last time you failed, did you stop trying because you failed? Or did you fail because you stopped trying? I'll say that again. The last time you failed, did you stop trying because you failed or did you fail because you stopped trying? Because imagine me if I, uh, um, I stopped trying because I failed. Now that's it, I'm never going to try. You know? But no, I'm going to keep trying. I'm going to keep going. And i just let you know, I do have a full license now, just in case you're wondering. Does this guy have a full license? <laughs> I, can, I can drive a car now. Okay. Come on, we've got to pick ourselves up in our suffering and we are got to keep on Trying. Keep moving. Forward. Stop blaming everyone else for your circumstances. I've done that before. Blamed everyone else for my issues. When I realized I need a tissue for my issue, instead of blaming someone else, give me a tissue for my issue. I'm going to pick up the tissue and wipe my own tears and stand up and begin a journey with people who are being with me. Arm in arm and stop blaming everyone else. And take responsibility. And pick yourself up. And keep moving forward together with people who are being where you are being. Because here's the thing, what if your greatest tragedy is your greatest triumph? What if your greatest tragedy is your greatest triumph? When I was going through the hardest points of my life, the hardest parts of my life, I wanted to give up. I wanted to give up on my faith. I wanted to give up on so many things. And, I was, and when I was in the middle of my storm, I was crying out to God. I said, why am I going through this? Why me? I've been faithful to you. Lord, why are you allowing these things to happen to me? But I got through. And I got through to the other side. And when I look back at my trials and my troubles, I realize that God was with me all along. And you know, now I will say, I'm glad I went through that. When I was in it, I didn't want to. Because who I am today is because of my trials. Because what if your greatest tragedy can become your greatest triumph? That there is people out there who need me. There's people out there who need you because your gift is to lead someone through something that they've been through, that, you, that they're going through right now and you've been through. When we open the door, when we open the door for others to follow, what if your greatest tragedy can become your greatest triumph? Don't quit. Don't give up. Your marriage is worth it. Your children are worth it. Your faith is worth it. Your studies are worth it. Your career is worth it. Your community is worth it. You know, devil, you've been fooling me for too long. And I'm not going to stay down anymore, but I'm going to pick myself up. And I'm going to keep moving forward. You may have been knocked down. Maybe you're knocked down right now, but let me tell you something. You're not finished. I am knocked down, but I am not finished. Turn to the person and say that you're not finished. You know, in the sentence of life, the devil may be a comma, but he is not a full stop. He's not a full stop. Maybe your greatest tragedy is your greatest triumph. Though we experience every kind of pressure, we're not crushed. At times, we don't know what to do, but quitting is not. An option. We are persecuted by others, but God has not forsaken us. We may be knocked down, but not out. We continually share in the death of Jesus in our own bodies so that the resurrection life of Jesus will be revealed through our humanity. Jesus is a human, is the true human being that I want to be like. He's been through, he's he's walked through, he's walked through trials and tribulations. He has had the darkest night of souls. And he overcame. And he loved you so much that he steps into his creation. Because it was your sin that separates us from God. My sin separated me from God. So God steps into his creation. And and in the fullness of Jesus, he dies for our sin. So we have a way back to him. And the greatest tragedy came, the greatest triumph in Jesus Christ. And he is with you. And he is for you. See, I get knocked down, but I get up again and I keep moving forward. You know, Robert Monzel, I'm going to read an extract from a paragraph from this biography. This biography was written in 1938. Thank you, Don Woods, for letting me borrow your book. And unfortunately, that book is missing. It's not me. I never lost it. But we pray for its return. It was a great book. I kind of mourn the loss of that book. This, book was, this biography was written in 1938. It was a hard read. Book to read because it's 1938. Our English has changed a lot, but I took this ec- extract out of the book. It was on page 86, if we ever find the book again. And and, and it was it was it was written by Maudel after the burning of the, of, of the the translation that he was doing. And this is what he writes. This is this. These are the words of Robert Maudel. God forgive me for my sin, and he did forgive me, for I shortly found out that this trouble had only been sent to try me and to prove me. Right. You know You know, the tests and trials that you go through, God has put something inside of you that is greater than what's in the world. That you are an overcomer. The enemy of God will try to rob you of that and think, stay down, what's the use? Give up. He that is in you is greater than he that is in the world. And thus, before a month had passed, I was at work on my translation again. When he lost everything, he was broken. He 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 languished in pity. He had pity party. Anybody had one of those. But he he knew he couldn't stay there, so he picks himself up. A month it wasn't even a month, and he gets he starts again back into Genesis chapter one verse one, and he begins again. He begins again. This time, with the help of one of my wardens, a middle-aged Maori who had professed his faith in the gospel and was living in peace and in charity with his neighbor. It was help I received from this man, from this Maori man, that enabled me to grasp the full meaning of many words I had up to then imperfectly understood. And thus, I became aware of the many faulty interpretation there had been in the burned manuscripts. And I was now able to thank God my work had never reached the printer's hand in its original state. In his tragedy, out of his tragedy came his greatest triumph. He says, thank God that I went through that. Thank God I went through that. Because what's ahead of me is greater than what was in my past. And what's ahead of you is greater than what's in your past. Don't let your past define who you are. Don't allow your past to sabotage your future. What's ahead? And I love this story because this this partnership. He partners. You know, if you're going to translate something in a a, a language, maybe it's a good idea to partner with someone who actually speaks that language, right? And I love this because he recognizes this, that it's better together. Why am I trying to do this? And and he discovers actually this translation is far superior to this other one. And then then he goes on. In course of time, my new rendering was printed, and the Maldives were for the first time able to read the Old Testament in their own tongue. 1857, 14 years later when he first started. Come on, your greatest tragedy can become your greatest triumph. This is a beautiful picture that Te Reo Māori, the Māori translation, the original translation of the Old Testament was in partnership with Pākehā and Māori working together. And this is the essence of the treaty, of coming to learn to share this land as equals, equally help one another to share this land together in partnership. And the Old Testament, the translation of the Old Testament is a beautiful picture of this, of coming together. It's a beautiful picture. Your greatest tragedy can become your greatest triumph. I'm going to end, land this plane (laughs) to give you hope. I'm going to read from the last paragraph from this biography on page 177. This is what's written in the last page of this biography. One of his old country friends recalls the following incident. When I was a boy, the doctor—this is Doctor Munzil—when I was a boy, the doctor came one evening and remained with us several days as the weather was very wet and cold. When we were sitting around the fire, the elders discussing the prospect of war breaking out around us, and this is of course the 1860, 1863, 1864, the New Zealand Wars when Governor Grey ordered the troops to go in and confiscate and displace all the tribes from Waikato. And the doctor had been telling us that he had no personal fear of the Māori and how that it was the Pakia who was at fault, and that would be Governor Gray. History will come and reveal that it was Governor Gray. My mother said, Dear Dr. Monsal, do you think these people are worth all the labour you have bestowed upon them during these past 30 years? All right? Imagine being asked to reflect on your 30 years of ministry. Can you imagine Monsal reflecting? what's happened in these 30 years I lost, I lost um, a chunk of my life's work was burnt up my, my wife died because of illness I got my second wife died because of childbirth the school that I founded was destroyed because of this war and he begins to reflect of tragedy after tragedy I love what he says his reply was yes my good sister if I can be the means in God's hand of saving one soul one soul anything I've been able to do is indeed worthwhile God has a plan for your life that is good you have purpose there's purpose in your life and it is good you're going to have setback you are going to have setback after setback you are going to go through trials well that's nice and positive that's what we do with it we pick ourselves up we get knocked down but i'm not finished and we keep moving forward what if your greatest tragedy is your greatest triumph